Hello, Dr. Moroshnik. How are you? Hello. Welcome. Can you see me, by the way? I can see you. We can see you. We've got your profile pic. Yeah. Uh All right. Now, why isn't that happening? So, start video. See, there there you are. Now we can see you. Hello and welcome to Cosmetrics. I'm Ella James. And I'm Caitlin Gregg, and we're bringing to you conversations about cosmetic enhancements. So today we have Dr. Moroshnik joining us on the show to talk all about the mummy makeover. Just disclaimer, we're not pregnant. We've got Mother's Day on the horizon, so we thought it'd be a fun topic to tackle just before then. So welcome, Dr. Moroshnik. Welcome. Welcome. And um, hello to everyone on Insta Live World as well. So mummy makeovers... um, as most of you have sort of followed uh, my work and, and uh, plastic surgery as a whole, it is a big topic, isn't it? So we're just going to kind of um, blast through the uh, concepts around it, the overall uh, goals and, and things that we try to achieve um, in every mummy makeover. But the first thing to realise that it isn't a, a set operation, that it, every individual's is going to be uh, goal and wish is going to be a bit different. But what I've done is I've just taken some screenshots from my Instagram, so you can just see these on, on the Instagram, where we can just uh, look at some pictures and illustrate some of these goals. So you'll see me kind of using my finger to scroll to get some of these photos um, <laughs> and get and get this thing going. But um, let me just get one of these up and hopefully this works. So, yeah, um, so, yeah, if we... Kind of, um, oh, I can look at between there and there. If if we look at you know sort of that kind of hero image, um, it kind of shows us what the goals are, um, uh, and and that is basically to restore everything from the neck down to the mons area, right down to the hips that's been damaged by pregnancy, breastfeeding, and anything related to kids, um, weight gain, weight loss. Uh, hormonal fluctuations and so forth, they all take their toll massively in that area. So if you wanted a a summary of the procedures involved, there's always some breast work. Um, There's something about the torso. We want to get that torso back to how it was. And then we've got the abdomen and mons as a whole. So that whole region in the last 10 to 20 years, plastic surgeons have sort of lumped that together and called it, well, that's a mummy makeover. Is this something that you would go in and it would be a two-stage procedure or do you go in and Mm. have all of the surgery at once? Yeah. So depending on how many things that need to be fixed up and, again, marrying that with your goals and wishes, it may be more than one procedure um, or it may be all done at once. So the vast majority of mummy makeovers are kind of all done at once. But when particularly it comes to the breast work, some breast procedures may need a second uh, component to them, which is smaller. Breasts that have drooped, we want to lift them up so they're completely off the tummy. They can go braless again because, you know, in in this day and age, a lot of um, one of the biggest goals I hear with breast work, particularly after kids, is the ability to not have to wear a bra. In other words, wear a strapless dress, a backless dress, a summer dress, a plunging neckline, all that sort of stuff, and show nice natural cleavage lines without a bra because you can't do that often after pregnancy. And so that is one of the big goals of the breast work. And then we also want to make your torso look longer and torso look narrower, the waist to come in. Look at that waist in that second shot. 
We want that waste to come back in because that waste often gets stretched out from big pregnancies, particularly twin pregnancies. And then all the excess skin of pregnancy is gone. So we want to get rid of that. And that compasses even more skin if there's weight loss in the picture as well. And then down below the Mons area as well needs a lift. And so all of that is really easy to see um, that we've gone sort of from a, a post-baby scenario, a post-waste loss scenario, back to a pre-pregnancy kind of, you know, teenage, you know, young, early 20s scenario where everything was as it should be. And sometimes it's actually encouraged these mums to exercise better than they ever have before. And indeed, their mummy makeover body is better than they even were in their teens. In fact, mm -hmm. this happens all the time now because <laughs> they discover Pilates and lifestyle and healthy eating. Mm -hmm. And you look at these mums and you look at them at 16 and you think, hang on, their body's better now than it was <laughs> In their teens and so that's an amazing empowering thing and as a surgeon it's really fulfilling to be able to see that happen so i take it uh, that you have the mummy makeover after you've had kids how long yep. after your children do you recommend uh patient weights yeah so definitely that's true so because there's a lot of work involved in something like that um, it is definitely better to wait if you're going to do the whole shebang till after you've finished all your kids and if you're going to do the whole shebang you want about six months or so after uh, pregnancy and breastfeeding and so forth. And the reason for that is, um, it is quite obvious, we want to get your weight back down to its most shredded because that's what's going to reveal all that loose skin and it's also going to give you the best long-term result. But also you can't be breastfeeding, you can't be, you can't be sort of nursing at that stage. We want that milk to completely be gone. So again, we can see where the breasts are going to be in their final state because if you over if you do it too early your body's going to change so much after those kids and you just ask any mum um, just from all the hormone changes and milk coming in milk coming out all that sort of stuff um, there's no point all of it will need to be redone once once all the changes subside so it's best to get all those things out of the way so realistically we have people always saying you know they want a date but we really got to tick every box in terms of your peak physical fitness before, not after the operation. And so realistically that as a generic thing means three to six months um, after uh, pregnancy and breastfeeding. And just sort of off the back of that, I'm sure a lot of concerns that you would get or people delaying mm -hmm. actually doing the mummy makeover would be the yep. job of being a full-time mum. Like are you out yep. of action for a little while? What's the impact Yeah, on absolutely. That? So, again, if you're doing a full shebang kind of thing like that, top to bottom, you're looking at about a month off work. Now, obviously, you're probably not working anyway because you're on maternity and, and looking after the kids, but that means a month of some sort of support. Um to put it in perspective, the tummy work alone sometimes means you can't actually walk straight for up to 10 days, sometimes even 12 days. And so mm -hmm. think about it, you're just sort of concentrating, and people will know this who've had seizures and things, on trying to just straighten up and get their posture better. Yeah. You can't be juggling kids everywhere. So you need kind of maximum support. Yeah, when we first two to three weeks. Yeah. When we interviewed a man. Oh, sorry. When we interviewed Amanda, right. she was talking about her T-Rex arms. <laughs> she could have. That's like, right. So yeah. I um. So with a lot of the breast work and all the you know all my patients here who are on the live will know anyone has had any type of lifting work or reshaping work uh, with cleavage lines and so forth. Um, I talk about T-Rex arms for about three weeks. I like your arms near you, like a Tyrannosaurus. So you're <laughs> things like that. You're not kind of doing that because it's going to pull 
on all our incisions and it's going to stretch your scars. Ooh, your scars are like, like, like they're a little bit like jelly in the first three weeks and don't want any torsion or any force on it. So you're kind of like that. And then if you're bent as well with the tummy, you're like that and like that. So you're, you're trying <laughs> to stumble around like that for two to three weeks. So realistically, we need maximum help for up to a month, but at least those first two, three weeks. Yeah. And just, um, just back to, you know, have, finishing having children, is it possible that you can like tie a mother's tubes when in the operations um, and it stops them? From having kids, or is can it you possible? reproduce after? Yeah, it? like what happens if you do get pregnant after a tummy tuck? Um, yes, good question. So we've had a number of pregnancies after tummy tucks. Um, look, at the end of the day, there's, it's going to be there's no, it's not going to stop the pregnancy. It's not going to be any danger at all to the pregnancy because the baby uh, will continue to grow, the uterus will continue to expand, and it will basically start. It's a little bit like you've got an internal corset. So inside, there's some permanent stitches that have brought your waist. It's like you're wearing a corset. But guess what? Those babies, their unrelenting forces, they're going to break that all apart. And what normally would happen is all those internal stitches that are holding that course together will gradually start to break. However, we have had a couple of pregnancies and some of them have Instagram profiles where the shot straight after, you can see they haven't broken and uh, some of those stitches have still stayed because they haven't expanded their waist. But again, you have to assume that if you have another baby, you might have to have that tummy redone basically. And that's why it's best to um, delay it until um, you finished all your finished kids for so the tummy anyway. The breast is different, but the tummy uh, until all your kids is definitely best and just do it once. And just off the back of the the breasts, I've heard, mm-hmm. are there some breast operations where it actually prevents you from breastfeeding ever again? Uh, yes. Yeah, so basically, um, in the old days, whenever you had any breast lift or reduction surgery and so forth, breast uh, feeding was reduced because, um, you know, there was a lot of internal cuts and the ducts were disrupted and nipple was moved. Nowadays, um, whenever I do a breast lift or reduction or reshape or lift, all the nerve supply, blood supply and breast uh, duct supply to the nipple area is preserved. So even though it's all connected. So most people by far majority can now uh, breastfeed with breastfeed surgeries. But we usually say somewhere in that maybe if you've you've had implants, no effect on breastfeeding. But if it's a lift reduction or reshape uh, where things have moved around like a jigsaw puzzle, there's Hmm. probably about a 20% reduction in your chance. But by far the majority can still breastfeed. Oh, that's good. And with yeah. people coming to you, are they bringing photos of what they want to look like or it's more of a story? Yeah. They're 16 yeah, years so, old. <laughs> yeah, so as I say, it's so it's so individual and that's what makes it interesting. So some people may have the goal that they want to restore what they just had before pregnancy, simple as that. Uh, they don't want to be anything they never wanted to be, whatever have been, it's just they want to go back in time. Others, though, want a whole new uh, look, lifestyle, and so forth. And so bringing photos is one of the most powerful ways to do that. So bring photos. I encourage you to bring photos. Give us an idea because that puts us on a wavelength of where you want to be. The other thing is, of course, to follow other, you know, there's, ever, there's thousands of Instagram profiles if you just look like by DRM or DRM girl or something like that, and you can follow a whole journey and you can see if your body is similar to theirs. And then if you find a patient that's similar, um, and with the help of Instagram or Facebook, um, that also helps you uh, and helps me understand your goals. Yeah, well, we've uh, yeah, it's individual. Yeah. We've interviewed a Dr. M girl, so 
the listeners oh, okay. well, can look forward so, to hearing all about that. Perspective. Yeah. Great. So you can have a look at that and um, and she has an Instagram profile and then you can just sort of hop on and see her journey, which is specific to her. And, you know, it might be just like you, it might be different from you, but it sort of gives you a good perspective. I was just going to say um, with this next photo, I just couldn't put up just to break it up with some photos. Um, this is just breast work. So with a mummy makeover, even if you don't touch the tummy um, and the breast has the ability to make your torso look longer. Because obviously if your breasts are saggy okay. or low, mm -hmm. sometimes the breast work not only is going to make the breast look better, but it's going to make your torso and waist look longer because we're going to take it off the abdomen. So sometimes in some people, their tummy may not be bad enough or justified to uh, go through a whole tummy tuck because the tummy tuck is such a big operation or you may be having kids later. Um, but the breast itself, by positioning it better, can make your your dynamics and so forth um, look longer, elongated, more aesthetic and more youthful and uh, without the whole shebang. Um, like here where no, no, breath, no tummy work is done, it's just from the breast being lifted and the torso extended all from above, no tummy work done. And so when you're um, assessing a patient, mm -hmm. you obviously listen to what, um, they want and assess them case by case, but do you have a way of showing them what it will look like digitally um, before actually undergoing all the surgery? Yeah, there are lots and lots. Um, there are lots and lots of apps, as many people know, um, that, um, you know, that, that kind of predict these things. But my experience is these apps, they're all kind of a bit gimmicky and they don't really give you anything. The best way to see visually is to literally find another patient on a before or after gallery or just on Instagram that looks kind of like you, has a similar amount of stats, in other words, similar weight, similar height, um, has had a similar circumstance. Like, for example, if you had twins, that, that's different. If you've only had one child, if you've had six children, you know, it's all different, similar stats, and then look at thereafter, and that's sort of the, a, a good close guide as to sort of where you'd end up because you've got similar starting stats. There's no app or video or, or uh, some sort of magical um, computer web imaging thing that's going to predict that for you. It's going to be more just looking at other patients. And if patients are unhappy with the result, is that something that you, you're able to just go back and fix it or? Yeah. So, so yeah, the most important thing is to have, um, that's why you need a lot of consultations. And the most important thing is to have lots of consultation, communicate what you want. And during that time we can work out what is possible and what's not possible. Sometimes a lot of things are possible, but they may require more surgeries. And so, once you lay all that out and all that groundwork out, it's you've got a very good understanding of what's going to be achieved and what's not going to be achieved in any particular surgery. And then, um, you know, the chances of it, it not reaching expectation or getting your expectations is, is obviously much higher. But, yeah, things can always be tweaked, moved and so forth, but it just might mean more surgery. So it's better to get that out of the way first. Yeah, and um, expectations. How long? Mm, that's right. How long would a patient expect until they feel the full result of the makeover? So if it's a full mummy makeover like this, I was going to say, so when you have your breast and tummy and mons and torso, everything addressed, you kit. expect a good year, <laughs> expect a good, uh, you know, expect a good year to be at your top. A lot of that had to do not just from healing, but just from you getting back to exercise, 
uh, strengthening your tools, so doing core work and getting the best out of the results. So yeah. But most of these photos that um, patients send me or on Instagram, they're within two or three months. So you've already got an excellent sort of difference um, as soon in those as first out. couple of months, but it's going to be even better once you introduce lifestyle. In other words, start exercising and doing all of that. Exactly. Cool. And can you talk us um, through the process, sort of start to finish? So like mm-hmm. how many consults, what are the yeah. prereqs? So the mummy makeover, as in, again, the whole lot, um, has the most number of consults because there's just so many things to discuss. We've got to discuss your breast. We've got to discuss your waist, tummy, the mons, all these areas from top to bottom. There's a lot of areas to discuss. Plus, it's got the most prerequisites on being ready for surgery. So most people, when they come to me, they're actually not ready for a mummy makeover because they haven't ticked every box. So what, you know, to tick every box is quite a lot. We're going to be at the right BMI. We're going to have a BMI ideally in a healthy weight range, which is 25 and under. Um, we want to make sure you're not smoking for at least three to six months, so smoking's going to go. And any medical thing that's sort of unsorted or iron levels are low, all of these things have to be ticked off and perfect. In other words, you've got to be in your perfect best state before a moment makeover. And that takes consults. So sometimes it's not uncommon for people. I speak to people maybe four or five times before they actually get there. But the minimum would be about two consults because there's just so many aspects and so many boxes to tick before you qualify to get the best result because we all want you to get the best result out of this procedure. And what so it's not one of those quick ones, quick decisions at all. Yeah, um, no way. And wh- what are the risks involved? So like any big operation, um, so mummy makeover surgery, remember, it can go for five, six, seven hours depending on how much, or it could be something smaller for two or three hours, but most of them, the average would be five or six hours. So anything with a big op- risk operation uh, like that that's long has you know anaesthetic risks and they have just surgical risks like infections and wound issues and scar care. But as I say, with all these consultations, we want to, our aim of all these consultations is just to make sure that your risks are absolute minimum, i.e. less than 1% for any of these things. And so um, to ensure the risks remain really, really low, we've got to tick all those boxes. But, yes, there's a whole list of these things, just like any big operation which you can um, go through. And uh, Sorry, sorry. (laughs) I was just having a look at some of our comments and it looks like we've got a lot of international listeners tuning in. How does that work? Hello, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so look, uh, a lot of my – so I do receive patients from all over Australia, New Zealand, Asia, America, Europe. We do get a lot of travels. I'm very fortunate for that. And thank you very much for supporting uh, me and and sort of believing in me in that way. Um, I always do my very best. So – um, that is tricky. So for mummy makeovers, for something this big and you're an international traveller, it means four to six weeks in Sydney. It's a long, long time. So it's a little bit like trip booking a trip to Europe. I so wouldn't you mind go, that. Like, <laughs> what are the kids doing? What is that happening? Who's looking after that? Four Who's to six weeks off the, the kids. <laughs> uh, and you going there and we're set up to have, uh, we have two hotels that are set up and we have um, concierge service. Um, Heidi Pure You does an exceptional job. Shout out to Heidi. We love so, Heidi. Hi, shout out to Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Um, <laughs> and she gets consistently reviews and they, and Heidi and her team uh, are very good at 
managing travellers. Um, now, interstaters, people who are Australia-wide who come here for uh, big surgeries like money makers, are also here for two to three weeks in Sydney, but of course it's easier because it's only domestic travel. Um, but again, it, it really depends on how much has been done. If it's just some sort of breast work, uh, and uh, some sort of torso work without the tummy. It's really the tummy that makes it really a big operation without the tummy, if it's just the breast bit, um, then it's much shorter. Like you can, uh, you know, get away with staying in Sydney for one to two weeks and the recovery is shorter as again. It's just when the tummy's involved, it becomes big. But yes, it just means a long stay in Sydney on top of the recovery if you're traveling and the further you're traveling, the longer the stay. And just on that, what is, mm. I know it's case by case depending on what they have done, but what's the aftercare like? Are you like yep. sitting upright? Are you in a lot yeah, of pain? So, yeah, so look, um, again, pain is so subjective. So this is another one which is a lot of the questions we get, um, you know, from people considering mum macro surgeries about pain, about the anaesthetic, all these sort of unknowns they've never had. And the best way to get answers for those is actually to talk to other patients, you know. Most patients by far and away don't find this a very painful thing. If anything, they just feel tired, maybe weak, and getting up again and stuff like that. But surgery these days, because everywhere, if you just think about it, everywhere a stitch goes, I put long-acting local anaesthetic. And so when you wake up, it's not in pain. Then we've got all our anaesthetists, um, and I've got a team of excellent anaesthetists who manage the pain at the initial outset. And you'll be surprised that within a week, you're really just on Panadol and that's it. Um, and the less painkillers you take, by the way, the better because they've all got side effects of nausea and vomiting and bloating. Everyone knows the bloat. Um, and so we try to get you off painkillers ASAP. So overall, these aren't very painful operations, although they can be quite big operations. And um, how about scarring? We've had a lot of questions on what to expect. Will they, yep. you know... Again, um, best to look at other patients is always a good thing again because that will show you there. But basically, um, the breast, it depends what's being done. If it's just implants alone to reinflate or fat grafting, remember we don't have to use implants. We may just use fat um, to, to do that. The scarring is minimal because uh, the access is small. If there's lift work, then there's lollipop cuts. The tummy tuck always has some sort of cut that goes from hip to hip and that's the only way we're going to get rid of all that skin um, that's, that's been made and raise them on at the same time and tighten the waist. The breast incisions in general, they heal up and become very pale, faint white lines in most people uh, within sort of that 8 to 12 month period. The tummy one, though, can stay red and angry for much, much longer because there's so much tension in it, but that's a low bikini line cut, so it's a bit easier to hide. So, But, again, everyone's got a little differently and um, all there's no stitches to come out. All the stitches are under the skin these days and so there's no sort of management. There's just special scar care and we tailor that scar care depending how your skin is, what your skin type is, over the first year. Like some people use tape, some people need to use light therapy, some people use uh, stratoderm, um, and we have a kit, we have a scar kit that will uh, sort of take you through it. Uh, but everyone's scar cares a little individual, but the goal is to get fine uh, lines that uh, are hard to see. Um, so uh, just what I was going to say with this photo, uh, you know, just to break it up a bit. So people like this, where the main problem is actually in the tummy and there's muscle separation, you can see that 
these women look like they're still pregnant because their, their muscle and abdominal musculature and torso has been so widened by the pregnancy, it's never really come back. Um, so here, uh, this needs a tummy tuck and muscle tightening to get that type of result. The breast work, in the end, on the other hand, in this particular case, um, you know, was just, was just a, an implant, so there's very little work on the breast. So sometimes there's more work... Oops, sorry, I'm playing around with this. Sometimes there's more work on the breast, sometimes there's more work on the tummy. It depends um, what the individual uh, really needs. And this person, the individual, there's more work on the tummy than on the breast. And it can be, of course, vice versa many times. This is just breast work um, to, to actually lift up, get that torso, get the dynamics back, and there's no implants. So it may may not need implants. So it's a very big topic and there's no, that's why you're getting such big wide variations of how long does it take, how long does it recover, how long, because it just depends on how much work needs to be done, which is very individual. Cool. And we'll just, there's quite a few questions coming up from the listeners. So we'll just address a couple of those. Can you keep. Can you see the Insta Live ones as well? Because. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got the yeah, Apologies. Got are, I can see lots and lots of uh, Insta Live coming uh, questions coming in. But yeah. the way so, I've positioned my phone, uh, the light's kind of hitting it. So it's, it's actually hard to read. So if you guys see them. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, shout out a few. So out. can you keep your normal belly button with a tummy tuck? No, you can't. So, uh, well, well, yes, it is. It is your normal belly button, but it has to move because if you think about it, if you take out the goal of the tummy tuck is to get rid of that sort of pooch of skin and fat and all that tissue down the bottom that's happened from the uterus being expanded, if we kept the belly button where it was, it would be down in your groin somewhere. So we've got to move it <laughs> and then reshape it. Um, so by definition, that tummy tuck, will mean that we need to move that belly button. But it is your belly button skin. It's just reshaped. Very rarely your skin on the belly button is so bad that, um, or so stretched that we actually have to make a new one with new material. But it, usually it's um, uh, almost 99% of the time made from your own belly button skin, yeah. And another really popular question coming through is can you do thigh lifts or anything for the thighs at the same time? Uh, yeah, thigh lifts are another big operation. So you will see some people trying to do it all at once, but you're starting to get, in my hands anyway, um, a very, very long operating time because if you do the breast, the waist, the tummy, the mons and the thighs, you're starting to get over six hours uh, of operating and we're trying yeah. to keep the anaesthetics down to about six, six hours tops to keep all the risks very minimal. Um, and so, and so much, you know, when there's more things to do, it just means we're going to have to split it up and start uh, staging surgery and doing it uh, at different times. Another if, question we had was, um, what about if you are over the age of 40 and you had your last kids 25 years ago? Is that still possible to... Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, my makeover surgery is more to do with how physically fit you are. The age doesn't really matter so much. It's like the rest of medicine. If you're 40 something but you're fitter than you know many um people in their 20s uh it's really just the how fit you are what your bmi is like what your risk factors like um when you had the kids really is irrelevant because it's the same it's the same process and change and we also had a question from one of our listeners when we posted on our story um can you do anything to reconstruct the vagina you can, not not my territory though, um, okay. but you you can. I think that's the vaginoplasty, uh, is, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So um, that uh, you'll find um, 
most of that work is done in the uh, gynecological sort of space and so there's a lot of overlaps um, but I um, don't do that but you can research that and that is a specialised procedure too so you can um, uh, research that but um, it's a different it's a different area yeah Great. And we have had a lot of questions. I know it obviously will range completely depending on what they get, but what's like the ballpark costing, like the range? Um, oh, yeah. Is that, that uh, really yeah. difficult to answer? I think that How is a really difficult one. And the thing is I sometimes don't even know and I always defer this to my girls in the office because it depends on a lot of factors. In fact, yep. um, many of these things, like, for example, like this lady who you're seeing here on the photos now, mm-hmm. if you can demonstrate that it's a reduction and these are very large breasts and we're doing it also because you get back issues or neck issues, then they're rebatable by health funds and Medicare. Mm-hmm. Um Tummy tucks are also rebatable. Now, if you have private health, which private health fund do you have? How much cover? And so because of all the rebates and because of all the variations, um, it is really best to just um, give a call to the office. And that's why we never really talk about um, costings and yeah. things, although it is sort of the first thing you want to know. Uh, it's more like trying to get a costing of, how you know, a, you're getting a new house. It's just, you know, what is the price of a, a new home? or renovating a kitchen, um, it's very hard to, depends on the finishes and so forth. And so it is best to um, just give a call and, and give all your particulars to the girls and that, and that can do that for you. I feel like we've been putting all the attention on mummy makeovers. Is there such a thing as the daddy makeover? Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, for your um, dad look, buds. You know, there, there may be. I mean, I, I, I'm a plastic surgeon who specialises in breast and mummy makeovers, so it, I don't uh, do any of that. Um, <laughs> with men, look, because I guess men don't go through a pregnancy, uh, but however, <laughs> they do. They can go through the pregnancy equivalent with weight loss. I mean, you're sure you've, you might know some men who've put on 30, 40 kilos and then dropped 30, 40 kilos. So if they've done that, the changes aren't too different, are they? Because they've got all that loose skin. They inevitably have some muscle separation because of the intra-abdominal fat. Remember, there's not just fat here. There's also fat inside and around your liver and inside your organs and things like that. It's gone. And so they may need sort of similar work if they've had massive weight loss. But because of the no pregnancy thing, um, most men can uh, get a lot of, you know, the changes they want to with Without surgery. Just yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. On that topic, when are you likely, how long would you be out of the gym for if you had the full shebang, let's say? So the whole shebang, um, you're looking at about freezing your gym membership for about two months. Um, okay. Uh, but we get you exercising pretty much immediately. So from With day one, you're walking. Um, then we're trying to work on power walking, getting straight, and then we're getting into a plank position um, and starting to hopefully plank by about sort of four to six weeks because with those muscles and everything, we don't want them to rest too much. We don't want to get soft after all that work. We wanted to get strong uh, because it's really important in getting you the best results um, in your surgery. Is it different for mothers that have had cesarean sections or a natural birth? Does that affect the mummy makeover? Not really. The only difference is because where the cut is for the tummy tuck uh, will obviously, if you've had a Caesar, encompass removing that old scar. Because if we're putting a scar there, we, we may as well get rid of the old one. Mm-hmm. If you haven't had a season, then you've got no cut. So we can um, decide where that cut is exactly that's going to give us the best result. But if you've had the Caesar, I'm always going to do it to get rid of that cut. So yeah. we don't we don't we don't make another cut. Um, 
so that's the only thing. But in terms of the, the mechanics of it and everything, what's inside is similar because it's remember, it's not the season that's done the damage, it's the, it's the pregnancy Maybe. itself. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Well, that looks like – does anyone have any more questions in who's listening? Last um, chance, listeners. Uh-huh. <laughs> Getting quick. Because <laughs> um, I think, what, you've been back-to-back with your online consultations, Dr. Moroshnik, haven't you? Yeah, well, we, yeah, so just quickly, a coronavirus. I mean, we can't deny the fact that we're in a weird time at the moment. Isn't it eerie? Like, yeah, you know, it is. Um, this is why we a are strange on Zoom time. Um, unfortunately can't be in the studio yeah. together. <laughs> um, yeah, Nick, maybe the best one we can do, um, well, maybe not. It's probably going to be for a while. But... Um, so what we've been doing just during this coronavirus time is uh, we're still continuing all our phone consultations. A lot of a lot of the consultations I do are by phone anyway because they're from travellers and so it's really quite normal for us. So if you want a consultation, there's no problem just booking a phone consultation with photos. Um, as I say, that's what we normally do with travellers. However, the federal government's talking about elective surgeries coming back today. Um, yeah. Oh, so right. it may be. It I may we're lucky be we got you. Within, we're lucky we yeah, got you in time. <laughs> it may. It may be that within the next two weeks, it's going to be all sort of uh, well, sl- uh, slowly trickling in. Um, mm-hmm. So, so hopefully that that will be the case when we get back into it. But on the plus side, we learn how to do all these lives. And yeah, videos, exactly and, uh, right. Otherwise, I would have never had a chance to yeah, do it. We wouldn't <laughs> be here today. <laughs> yeah. So. With your little mic set up and whatnot. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're going to move on to our last little segment, bust the myth. So we've heard a a few myths and we'd like you to clear them up. (laughs) So myth number one, a mummy makeover is a good substitute for a balanced diet and exercise. Oh, I yeah, hope definitely, <laughs> bu- definitely busted. Okay, so mummy makeover works in concert. So think of a mummy makeover as a 50-50 thing. 50% has to be you and 50% will be me. So every mummy makeover, every before after will fail if you don't have a healthy lifestyle, period. Because at the end of the day, we can, you know, I can tighten you up as much as I can and lift up your breasts as much as you can and give you all these sort of cleavage lines. But then if you don't have a healthy lifestyle, your body will change it. Remember, it's a living thing. It's not like bricks and mortar. I mean, I envy builders sometimes because they would do something like that. And I love, you know, architecture and drawing things. Um, and you do something like that and it stays there, you know, unless it's a tornado. But with the body, you do something like that and then you add to it a bad lifestyle, smoking cigarettes, and the body just does this. It, it oh changes boy. it. So <laughs> to keep things going, remember your body's a living thing. These things are only worthwhile will only last in concert with a healthy diet, a good BMI, and no smoking. has to be done. And we won't do a mummy makeover unless you do those. That actually just brings me to another question I had. Is it? mummy makeover like a kind of one-off surgery or would you be expected to have to come back and have more operations later down the, the track? Tummy, uh, the tummy part yeah. is usually a one-off, okay. but the breast part may be not because firstly, if you have any sorts of implant work, I recommend to change them every 10 years. It's a bit like buying a car and then, you know. Upgrading every 10 years. Getting, 10 years getting, later, getting that car is not the best technology anymore and we've got better stuff. Anything man-made, whether it's a hip replacement, a knee replacement, a pacemaker, they've all got a lifespan. Yeah. Breast implants at the moment, that's 10 to 15 years. And so we do a scan of 10. So if you had any implant work, by definition, you can have another surgery. Um, if you have no implant work and you've just had reshaping or fat reshaping and so forth in your breast, 
then you may not need another operation, but because you're just so conscious of your body, it's still possible 10, 20 years later, you kind of look at your photos now, and you go, oh, look what happened, uh, let's do a little tweak. Um, so, so if there's no implants, you don't necessarily need any more operations ever again, but chances are you probably need a tweak because it's, um, as age goes on and so forth, you may, you may want another little revamp, but that's up to you. Great. Well, I think that was yeah. All the all yeah, the all the other myths we, that we had were was it only two myths? That was no, only two myths. <laughs> no, no, we have we have a few more. Like you cannot have children after having a ma- mummy makeover. It. Yeah. Um, no, you can. Yeah. Only you, you only, can. You can, but it's just going to ruin our work. It's sort of like you'll have to come back. Um, <laughs> you're going to have to come back by definition. So. Um, it happens sometimes that you get someone in their early 20s and a girl's lost a lot of weight and she looks like she had a pregnancy and we say, well, look, you're only 21. We're not going to wait and you're going to ruin your whole 20s, you know, the best 20s in your life and, you know, best years of your life and uh, waiting for the smoke. Let's do it now and know we're going to come back whenever you end up having kids. Um, so sometimes it's this measured sort of conversation of whether it's worthwhile to do it now. But you wouldn't do it a year before planning a family. It's just it'd be silly. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. I, th- uh, I think we've we've covered everything from our end. Yeah. Is there anything that else that you would like to give? Any advice for yeah, mummies for that are out there? About it um, yeah, so this is uh, in, in the prelude to uh, Mother's Day, isn't it? So, yes, yeah. well done, all your mum. I mean, I, it's, I see so <laughs> many women. I've seen ten, tens of thousands of women from makeup and I still – startled at how you women really do it um but uh i guess um if you're considering a mummy makeover think about all the things i said in preparation to it is your bmi 25 or below is ideal uh and finished your family what are your goals get photos from my instagram page what is it exactly you want and you like and once you sort of answer all those questions and we do all our health things, make sure you're healthy, then uh, it's one of the most rewarding things in all of plastic surgery because you're it's like a renovation on yourself. Um, <laughs> sometimes, as I say, some of these mums don't recognise themselves because they've never been like that even before being a mum. Mm. So it's it can be really empowering. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. And follow some of the other profiles so you can get a better understanding because I find the people who um, follow uh, other patients and follow their journey uh, and then also go, we have a, a, a Facebook group for my patients with many members and speak to them and get a lot of um, patient-to-patient um, sort of conversations. They'll get a real understanding of it and then and then they're coming in super informed. You've got yeah. a group, don't you, Dr. M's Girl? Yes, uh, Dr. M's Girl Facebook group that's open to any patients and um, it's not managed by myself, it's managed by... Um, Heidi from PU and uh, she can uh, yeah she can give you the details. I think there's a, a website stuff to get on that. Um, uh, yeah, and I go there from time to time and do talks as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you for, you for having joining me. us. Thank you. Yeah. This has been great, and we can't wait to. And actually... I'm really happy all this high tech stuff kind of worked out. <laughs> oh, we're sort we're of surrounded out, by technology. Right now. Oh. It's like, yeah, this uh, is our first live. Behind the scenes planning. For behind this, so. I went live about 15 <laughs> times yesterday to figure this out, but I think it's we're well. too <sighs> it. So it. It, DM us if you want some live tips. <laughs> Please be advised that we are not medical practitioners and that some guests may have differing perspectives from ourselves and what our brand stands for. You should always consult your medical practitioner with regards to cosmetic products and procedures and whether they're suitable for you individually, as we will not be held liable for any misinformation.